Welcome to the New City Church Podcast, and welcome today to episode number 16 of Ask Pastor Joel. Each week we take questions concerning the previous week's sermon from New City Church, or just a burning biblical question that's weighing on someone's heart. And of course, back in studio today, I have Pastor Joel. Back in the studio. Yeah. How's it going today? <clears throat> it's going really good. good. Yeah. Good. Enjoying, the, enjoying the breeze. Beautiful weather. Good question. Ready to go. Yeah. Let's do it. So today's question we have, um, it is actually anonymous today. Mr. Anonymous. Mr. Anonymous. Or Miss Anonymous. Oh, could be Miss or Anonymous. Or Mrs. Anonymous. That's yeah, true. Um, so the question is, when the rapture happens and a woman is pregnant, do both the mother and the baby go to heaven together? Does the baby travel heavenward inside the mother's womb? Well, I do know who asked the question, but I'm not going to say I won't out the person. <laughs> yeah, interesting question, yeah. But I'm not going to just answer the question, of course, because there's some words, big words used here that are fairly uh, popular in theology and, and doctrinal discussions. So I'm going to just go a few different directions, and then I'll answer the question. This is a good opportunity to talk about some other things. So we have to assume a couple things first. This says when the rapture happens and a woman is pregnant, do they both go to be with Jesus together. So we're assuming that this is a Christian woman. So we'll have to make that assumption. Otherwise, the concept of the rapture wouldn't even involve her. Um, so we have a Christian woman. She's pregnant at the time of the rapture. And so in, just in case there's anyone who's listening, which I'm sure there's at least uh, one who's wrestled with this idea of the rapture and what stance you take or what point of view you land on. So I want to talk about what is the rapture in case there's anybody that happens to listen. They they don't know what the rapture is, but I'm sure that's not probably not the case. But the word rapture means to snatch away. It's a sudden uh, snatching. And so we find it in uh, a couple different places in the New Testament, but not actually the word rapture. We find the, the, the Latin translation of the Greek word is rapturos or rapture. Honestly, it's escaping me exactly what it is, but it's translating the words caught up. So it's commonly referred to today in one primary camp of eschatology or the study of end times, and that is the premillennial dispensational camp. You hear the word rapture a lot from that camp, and so it's fine. There's a lot of people in that viewpoint, and they use the word rapture, speak of the rapture all the time. In fact, their entire that time seems like their entire hope of the future is set upon the rapture or this particular view of it. Um, and this is holding to the belief that Jesus will return once for his church just prior to a seven-year tribulation period where in, in that period of time judgments poured out on the earth and then, and then Jesus returns once more at the end of a seven-year tribulation when he will come and uh, come all the way back to the earth and, and judge his earthly enemies and then usher in a 1,000-year time of kingdom peace when Satan is bound. After that, Satan is released one more time to deceive those on the earth and just before God brings a final end to the enemy and then New Jerusalem comes and then the eternal state. Just, just like that. Boom. It all happens. And so where is the rapture in all of this? Well, it's in this particular view, it's just before that seven-year tribulation. And so in this view, and the reason I'm addressing this view is because I think it's really only the dispensational uh, mindset that really concerns themselves so much with, with the rapture. 
Right. So uh, people that are mill or post-mill aren't really thinking about the, the rapture. It's not a significant event as a standalone event to, to most people other than the dispensational premillennial view. And so um, in this particular view, um, just before the seven-year tribulation, that's where the, the, this event takes place. In this view, it's a secret event. That's key. It's secret. It's just suddenly people are gone. Um, it's Christians are gone, and they're with the Lord. They're removed from the earth while everyone else remains here to undergo judgment during the seven-year period, um, where they have one more opportunity to be saved before Jesus comes again, again, <laughs> before he comes again, again. So I'm, I'm sort of laying this out there. You can already probably hear all my cards are on the table. Um, I'm not sold, although I was previously at a point in my life, a pre-tribulation rapture, pre-mill dispensationalist. I'm not anymore. And these are some of the issues. I do believe in a rapture. I really do. The scripture talks about being caught up with the Lord. Um, it's not that this is, a, I'm not denying the rapture, and I'm, I'm not trying to avoid this question. I will answer the question, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, it would have been too simple to just answer it. Um, so the idea of that he comes again, again, it really, that, that should kind of show that there's an issue. Um, that he comes once and then he comes again after a seven-year period. So um, let me just I'm going to show some scripture here real quick, and if you're listening, you can turn there. Um, take a look at a couple classic rapture passages and see what we think, and then I'll answer the question after that. So First um, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Christ or through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, that's a key word, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who are fallen or have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven, so we have some movement, dissension, with a cry and a command, some noise, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet, classic trumpet, classic rapture talk, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So there's something new. That's, some, that's, that's a, an important part. The dead in Christ will rise. There's resurrection. There's something happening here. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will also, or always, be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So we've got this event now. It's being, it's put forward. This is a classic rapture uh, scenario because we see the words caught up together and in the clouds. And oftentimes we see that, well, he's talking about the clouds. So that must mean that, you know, we're, we're just going up halfway. Jesus is coming down to the clouds. And it's often uh, confused with a passage in Daniel and a passage in Matthew where it says that the Son of Man, you'll see him coming on the clouds of heaven. But, um, if you look at that more closely, you, you realize that when it says coming on the clouds of heaven, the Daniel passage is actually talking about Jesus going to the throne in heaven, not coming back to earth from the throne. So when, when we think of clouds, we don't have to automatically think of Jesus coming to earth because the, the scriptures have used those, that scenario as not Jesus coming, but Jesus going in the ascension. So you have to look in Daniel and see that, Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 9, these amazing passages. But Daniel 7 in particular, um, that says, you will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven, and he will, he's going to the Ancient of Days. It's actually Jesus, the Son of God, going to the Father. Anyway, that's another side thing. But it all comes together 
to help us uh, see what this is all saying. But it's a group of people meeting the Lord in the air, and then we're to encourage one another with these words. So let's look at one more scene. We'll put them together. 1 Corinthians 15, uh, beginning in verse 50, he says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. So he's talking about death. We're not all going to die. Some will not die. Some will be alive at the coming of the Lord. We shall all be changed, though. That's one thing that's going to happen to everyone. And what's he talking about? A a transformation of the body. He's talking about changed into new bodies. Imperishable must be... Oh, excuse me. The perishable must put on imperishable. And so he says, in a moment... The change in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. Now, I'll just pause there for a second just to say, there was a time where I thought that the twinkling of an eye was the rapture itself. Like, that's how quickly we're going to all be gone, and it's just going to snap, we're going to be gone. But this is talking about, obviously, something more than that. This, it, this change, this will happen in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. Again, the trumpet, similar to the Thessalonians passage. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will raise imperishable, and we shall be changed. That's a transformation process that's happening. For this perishable body must put on imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality. So, it goes on to talk about, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? We know this is talking about the resurrection, but there's so much similar language here to Thessalonians. The trumpet, the, the changing, those who are sleeping, this is the same event. Um, it's the same scene described in Thessalonians. When the dead in Christ rise, is, is it... Is this an evacuation process? Is that what that's talking about? So if we say that the dead in Christ rising that Paul's talking about, if that's an evacuation of believers followed by seven years and then another event after when Jesus returns uh, with the first group and all who have died before and then he brings judgment, is that what this is saying? It's not what it's... I don't believe that's what it's saying. Uh, Just by reading the plain text, the next event that we're waiting for is the return of Christ. The whole point of this is to say the return of Christ is what we're waiting for. And until that time, what we're doing is working here, calling citizens into the kingdom of heaven with the gospel. Those citizens are called the church, the bride, the sheep of God. There is a resurrection coming. And I believe scripture teaches that the resurrection and the rapture are a simultaneous event at the return, one return one future glorious return of Jesus Christ when the dead in Christ will rise and also those who are alive at the coming of the Lord will also be changed. None of us will escape that. But it's interesting, not only, it's not only those who are Christians who will experience the resurrection. It says, do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming, this is John chapter 5, when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, and those who have done, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. So every person experiences the resurrection. Why is it, why did I not want to just answer the question? Because it was fun to talk about this, first of all. And it's really important. It's really, really important. So you picture that woman who's a believer. Okay, she's pregnant. And the time comes where Christ returns for his people. And at that moment, 
there is a change and a transformation that takes place. We believe about babies that we believe babies are made righteous in Christ by God's eternal decree. They have no ability to choose Jesus. They have no ability to follow Christ or make that decision. So we do believe that about those who are innocent in that way, that they have yet to come to that place where they can make a decision at all. We believe that, or I believe, actually, I want to claim everybody who's listening, or even you, Austin. I don't know what you believe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you're just figuring it out. But that all of those, the preborn, the unborn, those who are in, in, you know, innocent on this earth, we know all are born sinful. We don't, we don't believe that they're without sin, but that God in his providential mercy uh, has elected all unborn, preborn, and, and people who are unable to, to even have the choice. I, that's what I believe, that God, and that fits with God's mercy and with the doctrine of election. That doesn't contradict any of those uh, important doctrines. And so that person, uh, at the coming of Christ, yes, will be raptured and changed and transformed, and should that baby uh, be in the womb at the time, I, I'm sorry, I can't tell you exactly what that's going to look like, but that baby will also be transformed and changed, and at some point, at some point, the baby's not going to be in the mama's womb anymore because there's that is not even part of our heavenly existence. There's no more giving birth. There's no more marriage or giving in marriage. Jesus says so. There's no pregnancy in heaven. So she doesn't go and like have a painless pregnancy uh, delivery in heaven somewhere because it's all everything's perfect. At some point, that what? But that's an interesting question, right? Because that just means that that there will be cases like that. Um, and so, anyway, uh, you know, I think that's it's a good thing to study. It's a good thing to talk about. But I think that at that time, at some point, when God is doing that transformation at the resurrection and the rapture happens and we go to be with the Lord, um, at that same time, there is a resurrection and those bodies will be transformed, including the baby and the mom at the very same time. And that's kind of a cool thing to think about. And that answers the question for Mr. Anonymous. Any follow-up questions? Or Mrs. Then, uh, or Mrs., yeah, we won't assume. <laughs> Although I know. <laughs> so, I hope that's helpful. Uh, a lot of times these questions, I, feel, I believe, they're not just like uh, settling it once and for all, but I'm just sort of helping continue the conversation and maybe encourage people to study it further. I'm just me. <laughs> <laughs> now, if we're asking John Piper... You know the original APJ podcast. Yeah, maybe we could settle it with his answer. But hey, <laughs> hey, actually, you should look it up. He probably has the answer somewhere on the I other mean, APJ. I mean, I think he has like fifteen hundred episodes on yeah, there. So probably, yeah. Anyways, well, yeah. Um, that you know, I think you spent like two minutes answering the actual question. Yeah, and then, but that's okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's because it's our podcast, and we can yep. do whatever we want. Yep, exactly. Well, Mr. Anonymous or Mrs. Anonymous, we hope that was uh, a sufficient enough answer um, and it was a help to you and for anyone else, anyone else who is listening. Um, and so if you have a question that you would like answered by our Pastor Joel, we would love to hear from you. And so we would love for you to text us your question to 207-790-1955. One more time, that's 207-790-1955. And we will answer your questions, Lord willing, in future episodes. And if you were blessed by today's episode, um, 
we would love for you to continue to to check out episodes like these whether it be again whether it be uh, the Ask Pastor Joel segment or uh, the segment where we put our uh, weekly sermons up so if you want to stay connected with us you can hit the follow the subscribe button at the top of our page and also please make sure to give us a review if you listen um, as it helps us out a lot with getting our Christ-centered content out on these platforms so that's all we have for this week we hope you have a blessed weekend and we will see you next week Thanks for listening to today's episode of the New City Church podcast. For more content from New City Church, check us out on any of the major podcasting platforms, or if you want to find our gathering times, location, or any other information about New City, check out our website at www.bathnewcity.church. We hope to have you join us next episode.